You're listening to Robert Kelly's You Know What, Dude? on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the You Know What, Dude? podcast. This is a special edition where Robert goes one-on-one with some of the most interesting people in the world, or at least in his world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You know what, dude? You know what, dude? You know what, dude? The You Know What Dude Podcast, one on one. Guessed by actually by that outfit. But black on black? Oh, to the half shirt. They call them neck punch. What? All right, ready? I'm ready. Oh, testing one, two, test one, two. Let me hear you. And three, two, one. You know what, dude? Yeah, I'm just gonna tap your mic a little quickie. Tap it, tap it, tap it. Just to make sure it's working. Huh. That's why it's dumb. Dummy? That's cool. I'd have fun. <laughs> that would help. There we go. <laughs> All right, testing one, two. Jackie? Testing one, two. You know what, dude? What? You, see, you just have a soft voice, I guess. A very soft voice. Let me just hold it like a little baby microphone. Mm. Like a little baby microphone. What? <laughs> All right, ready? Hi, baby microphone. Mm-hmm. Can I hold it like a baby microphone? You want to hold it? Kind of. Go ahead. What do we want to do? This is going to be better, right? A little baby microphone. Ta- I just want to hey, see if baby. it's working. Tip, tip. What you got Yeah, from it's a working. Tip? See that? What you got from a tip? We got a good tip, tip. Um, all right, listen. We got a good tip. Oh, tip. <laughs> all right, so anyways. Tip, tip. I'm leaving all this in. No, you're not. Oh, absolutely. I don't edit at all. We didn't start that. I'm ripping off Bobby Tisdale. You can't have me starting off ripping off Bobby Tisdale. Well, then you explained it, so now you're out. That's how it works. <sighs> if you explain the thievery, then you get to... Don't, don't you hear anything that's going on in the comedy uh, world? All right. Uh, this is a one-on-one. Thank you very much. Are those large chocolate peanut M&Ms? Those are ours. Oh. <laughs> oh. My dream did not come true. <laughs> the worst. This is the worst tasting M&M ever. <laughs> oh, is this a Coca or Coca Light? Oh, Light. Sorry. I oh, it's okay. Zero. No, it's okay. Oh, is it zero? I'll take zero. Yeah, yeah I'm a zero. Here we go. Goes with my nickname. All right. For those of you who can't see, which is everybody, Bobby just cor- poured himself a Coke from a bottle. How great is that? Well, right, maybe I will edit it out. <laughs> All right. This is Robert Kelly's You Know What Dude one-on-one. Uh, and I'm tonight There's I, Ian here, so it's kind of like one-on-two. No, he's not talking. This is a okay. one-on-one. I don't do one-on-ones with half of people. You don't. You keep quiet, and you sh- answer, talk to me. All uh, right. This isn't a one-on-two. Sounds this is a one-on-one. I'm trying to change my podcast uh, theme. You gotta um, switch up the format, man. There yeah, are a lot well, of podcasts out there. Yeah, so listen. Uh, one-on-one with who nobody in the comedy scene, as far as fans of comedy, know who you are. But if it's true. You're trying if, to build me up? I'm, I'm building you up right now. Let me, let me do it. But if you like comedy whatsoever, you've had a part of bringing some of the greatest comedians uh, to walk the earth to people. 
Sure, okay? I think that's fair. It's absolutely fair. And people don't even, these people don't even know you exist. I've known you exist for... Hours. I've known you for three days. Yeah. Now, uh, I've known you for years. Uh, but uh, it, it, it came upon me. Uh, I was shocked to find out how much influence you had in uh, the comedy world, uh, especially when it came to Comedy Central. Uh, let's just go back. People don't know this, that you founded Comedy Central Records. Yes. As, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, yes. Uh, it was in 2002. And, um, yeah, I'd just been a comedy fan for years and had run this label that imploded massively, <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. Well, wait a minute. Stop. Back yeah, up. Yeah. This, first of all, this is Jack Vaughn. Hey, everybody. Jack Vaughn. Uh, comedy, now who runs, uh, I would, it's, uh, what is it, you run at Sirius, what is the actual the, title? The Comedy Channels. The Comedy Channels at Sirius. XM. XM. Yes. Satellite Radio. Satellite Radio. Um, you've worldwide. Been there, you've nationwide. Been there for, well, worldwide. Na nation, nationwide. Nation. But people steal it worldwide. Yes, in Canada. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people like it. People steal. Sure. Um, so you, but you just started there this year. Uh, yes. Great. Um, and before that, you were at Comedy... Dynamics. New Wave Entertainment. Yep. Making hour specials. And making content yeah. for All comedy. Yeah, content. Right. Why not? Okay. But before that, you were the founder of Comedy Center Records. Yes. And let's go before that. Sure. Because that's what... The, the thing that people don't know about you is that you, you look like... I'm not, I don't mean this is an insult... Oh, you boy. look. You look industry. You could be the industry side of it. You can always tell the entertainment side of it in a party. And then who's industry? You would definitely be industry. I fall under industry. I'm not you, talent. You don't fall under talent. Ugh. Yeah. Maybe now it's very alty now. So What's you the might. giveaway? What's the giveaway? The Henleys, the three button I don't pullovers. Know what you're talking about Henleys. The three button shirt. It's a pullover with three buttons. All right. I That's wear your, those occasionally. Hmm. You've seen me in those occasionally. I've seen you in three of them this week. I'm, I'm on vacation, I, man. I actually bought one to make you feel comfortable. Oh, I boy. told Donna, go, go get me a Henley. She's oh, like, why? Boy. I go, I don't want Jack to feel out of place. I, wanna, I want him to feel like, like I'm, a uniform. Sim sure. I'm assimilating a little bit. We're on bit. a team. Like yeah, we're on a Henley team. team. <laughs> Maybe playing some kickball. So, uh... <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is why I am industry and not talent, ladies and gentlemen. No, you're actually very funny. You're, you're, you, you make me laugh a lot. You really do. Likewise. You're, very, you're a very Likewise. funny guy. Um, We've got rapport. We, we do have rapport. Um, but that's but, another podcast. But here, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. These are very short podcasts. All right. But the thing that blows me away about you, okay, and I have to give people backstory on you because you have such an interesting life. You've had such an interesting family. Your father headed the Peace Corps back in the 70s, am I correct? 60s. 60s. Ugh, worse, right? Yeah, really. All the hippies? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Gross. No. But in the 70s, it fell apart, right? <laughs> the 80s, no, whatever. It's never fallen apart. I it's a it great institution. No, not the Peace Corps. His job, he took you, you were in Iran uh, before it, it, uh, the, the Shah was taken down, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugly times. You, Not good. You, you were a five-year-old getting beat up. Uh, as a child. I wasn't a very tough five-year-old, admittedly. Right. But, I mean, if, if for a guy to look at you, if I was in a room and I was to look at you or, or anybody else in the room, I, and i like, you have to fight one of these guys, I'd fight you. I'd pick you. Oh, yeah. But it would probably be a, the mistake of my life. 
Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, your puns would literally beat me to the ground. Oh, sure. sure. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I thought we were talking about physical. But the thing with you is that this, you, the one thing that I learned about you, you have no fear. You, you, you're one of the most fearless people I've ever met in my life. Thanks, man. You lived in Guatemala for three years as a kid. Yep. You had a story about your prom getting pulled over by gorillas. Right. Uh, not, yeah, not yeah. go. Yeah. Get gorillas. Gorillas, not... Not like apes. gorillas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a bunch Although of silverbacks. That, quite frankly, that would have been more terrifying. I think. What? Just a bunch of gorillas coming out from nowhere. They rip off people's faces. <laughs> I read the news. These guys. That's pulled, awful. These guys pulled you over at gunpoint on your prom night. Yeah. Got you on your hands and knees. Yeah. And then we're we're gonna do what to you? Uh, I, Lord knows. I mean, now that you sound it sounds bad when you say it that way. Yeah, you know where I went on my prom? A Chinese restaurant. Uh, no problems. Just drove there. I was in America. Sure. Uh, there was a lot of MSG in the 80s. I don't know. This, this is my problem with you. Could be trouble. You, Could be trouble. You, you downplay. If I got pulled over by gorillas. Gah. Gah, gah, whatever. Yeah, right. uh, my, my fans. I shouldn't have used the word gorilla. We should have given up another word. What's another word for those people? Uh... Marxist freedom fighters. <laughs> Let's say that. Gorillas. So anyways, we... Uh, we <laughs> if, if I got pulled over by... If I got pulled over at gunpoint on my prom, put on hands and knees, and made it through that, do you understand how... That would be like my opening story everywhere I went. I mean, I would but, be... But that's, I mean, that's only half the story. The, the, it starts out we're at the, the house of the largest drug dealer... In Guatemala, and Guatemala was a crazy drug transshipment point at that era. It was, it was kind of like Scarface level really? of cocaine at that party, just everywhere, and they were shooting off guns in the house. And, and you were there, yeah. And then the gorilla thing came afterward in a separate incident. So you're at a drug lord's house for your prom, yeah. Why? Uh, I've been trying to figure that out, and and I've been talking with people who who went with me. Uh, for a while and someone knew I guess someone in my class was dating a low level drug trafficker I'm, I'm just piecing the story together now actually because I you know, being in high school in Guatemala is sort of like being in Nam. Yeah. So, so every, everyone, every, you know, there, there were there were nineteen people in my graduating class. We're sort of tightly, tightly knit group, even though no meetings. one liked each other. You have meetings. We're kind of like an A team, you know. And uh, and uh, there were just different because no one believes the story. Yeah. My wife didn't believe the story until we had dinner with someone who was there. Right. We a friend of mine who was there came to New York and we had dinner. And she added new parts of the story. She's that like, you didn't holy know. crap, you're not, you're not making this up. I'm like, no. Nah. And it didn't seem weird at the time. She's just like, yep, sure, we live in Guatemala. This is how things go. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty crazy times. And then you come to America. You come back here because Guatemala. I am love America. <laughs> but you come here. 19, when you're 19, you graduate high school, correct? Yeah, and 18, like, though. I'm all right, not, 18. And you're like, you're like, I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm out of this country. I left. I left Guatemala the second I graduated. Probably the early morning after I graduated. We're just out because I didn't think that my survival chances were very good there. Do you think you would have been killed? Uh, better than average chance. Now you see, now if I had that, I would be. It'd be. Uh, you say it like there might be rain tomorrow. 
Is it going to be rain tomorrow? There's, there's, a, there's a 50-50 chance. There's a bunch of distance now, though, in fairness. You know, right. There's, there's 25 years distance, so I can, I can pretend to be cool about it. Well, you, you weren't back then, then. Yeah, I don't know. The problem is, when you're in it, it sort of feels like, eh, this is just normal. Right. And you get, you get accustomed to it. And I didn't even realize it was a good story until a couple years afterwards. Because it's like, yep, just another day. Yeah. In, in you know, high school. But, uh, but yeah, so I think there's... I, I don't mean to seem callous about it, but it was... It, it seemed normal at the time, and then when I started telling the story... It sort of seemed crazy. And your father, your father's b- book, which I have, which I was going to read this week, but I never, since I have a four-year-old. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to read I anymore. I didn't have one second of reading. I would literally hit the bed every night <laughs> and just be <laughs> just done. I know the feeling. People don't know that we just spent uh, seven days? Seven days on a boat. Seven days on a boat in the canals of Belgium. We were doing a thing with a, a guy. Ne- 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 never mind. We were, we were, yeah, we were dealing drugs. No, I'm kidding. What? Uh, I'm kidding. We, uh, we were just on the boat with the family and friends. and uh, it, it, was, it was great. It was a lot it of was fun. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But it was definitely having the kids added a, a wrinkle that oh, was boy. very taxing. The greatest thing ever. Yeah, and but we didn't even we didn't even suffer the brunt of it. It was the wives. The wives, yeah. Thank God. Below decks. Thank God. Yeah, we were up, we were up in there. the galley. We were we were living large up, up upstairs. Yeah. Driving the boat. Yeah, three miles an hour straight. Oh, blasting down hours. the canals. <laughs> and then every time they popped their head up, we we're like, oh, no, we we need oh, we need, we need f- pure concentration <laughs> here, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> we, take care of the child folk. We, honey, can you, I can't right now. There's a bridge I have to go under. There's eight miles down the straightaway. We're blasting at four kilometers an hour. We're gonna. We need to. We need all the concentration. A funny today because we did. We took the train. We took the train today to Bruges. It took us five and a half hours from Newport, right? So you, well, Unst, un, what is it? So, uh, Unst, Unstand. Uh, Ustand. 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 Yeah. Unstand to Bruges. Took us five and a half hours on the boat. It took us fourteen minutes by train. Uh, tops. <laughs> tops. Yeah. It's tops. Like yeah. We. It, it was a very poor choice of transportation. <laughs> then it, we got the we got the Brussels. It took us another five hours yeah. to get from Bruce. What we no we went. What, what took us then quite literally twenty two hours Ghent. in transit was an hour and fifteen minutes by train. Yeah, it, it literally. How dumb. Yeah, we really. Are we? We really went back in time. So dumb. Ugh. So dumb. Ugh. We, we could have took mopeds. We would have got there faster. We had to sleep on the boat, too. We had to sleep on the boat. Oh, sleep- but, but, but don't forget the 37-second showers we were able to take. Yeah, those are fun. You got to wash your butt, your ding-ding, and one armpit. Oh, with lukewarm to cold water. Yeah. And then you got to stand in it until you push the button and it oh, drained. Oh, released right into the car. Yeah. Ooh, eco-friendly and yeah. gross. I had ring around the ankles Ugh. for three days. Ugh. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it it, was, it's it's not as appealing as we're making it out, everybody. Well, <laughs> it was actually a really good time. It was fun. It was fun. Um, would you ever do it again? It's like a water RV. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe somewhere it, else. It, it was a really good time. It yeah. was a really good time. But it was. It, picture this: if we went to, uh, what was it Gunt? Ghent. Ghent. I think you're pronouncing it correctly, actually. Gunt. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you went to Gunt. Like a local. Okay, Gunt. And we <laughs> spent two days in a hotel, then went to Bruges, two days in a hotel, and then went to Brussels, two days in a hotel. That sounds like a fun trip. Yeah, it would have took, it would, and it would have took 48 minutes by train. Yeah. Instead of the hours behind a wheel, a helm. Yeah. Jesus. RV of the seas, baby. Uh, filling up the water. Oh. But apparently, so so we were supposed to stay on these. But never mind the spiders. Can we talk about the? Can anybody oh talk my about God. the spiders? What are spiders doing at sea? But why? It was like arachnophobia on the boat. But who doesn't clean the fucking spiders? I don't know. But it's 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 the it's the weirdest thing because we would dock, and eight hours later there were there were these Webs. spider webs. It, like it's yeah. like a haunted house, <laughs> on the, and I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, and my kid waking up every day with, with bite marks on him. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. he had the measles or He's something. He's gonna have superhero powers by yeah. the time we get back to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, so everyone, if you're if you're gonna rent a boat, just beware of the spiders. Yeah, beware of the spiders. Yeah, sea spiders will yeah. get you every time. Bring a bunch of napkins. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. So anyways, Sprays of some sort. So we spent this time here. Yeah. Now I'm 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 kind of jumping all over the place because. You're, We're never going to talk about the label. We are going to talk about the label. But there's too much good travel stuff to talk about. There's a lot of travel stuff. We've got to talk about Guatemala. I know. We Guatemala. We have Guatemala. But Bobby you know, went to Guatemala twice with no, me, here's and the, it was awesome. No, once was awesome. The first time was uh, the, one of the biggest nightmares of my life. It was really fun for me. It was fun for you because you lived there, and then you went back, and you invite me to Guatemala like we're going to Acapulco. And then the night before we leave, I read about it on the internet, and it says, don't go. If yeah. you're American, don't go. Yeah, that was awesome. And I, and I, I had $400 so cash great. on me, like I was going to buy uh, uh, Christmas presents for everybody. No, that was a bad idea. Yeah, and then, and then you told me, you didn't tell me, like, the food. There was chicken and steak and rice and beans. That's it. Everywhere we went. Every restaurant we had, it was in Spanish, so I had to, to translate what was on it. And Bob was like, what's this? It's like, every, every, every. Yeah, by day three. Every meal is a goddamn. You snapped at me day three. I, uh, there was a little snapping. It's tortillas and beans and rice and chicken and. and you went, Bobby, Bobby. It's, chicken, it's, just, yeah. it's chicken, rice, and steak. Yeah. That's all they have. What do you it's want? A, what permutation a, of that do you, do you care for? What do you think? <laughs> carbonara? What do you, what do you think they're going to have? You know, pastries? It's, there's no fucking bakeries, you no, fatso. No paella. I really thought it was like Andrew Zimmerman. <laughs> so, yeah, you took me to Guatemala. We went to Guatemala. Oh, those were so much. It literally said on the website, at the airport is most likely you'll get robbed. Yeah. It says on, but on the website. But you're, you're, you're a mean looking dude. You hang can, on one second. You can hang on. First of all, on the website to the country you're going to, when they tell you not to go, that's, that's not good publicity for them. Yeah, bad for tourism, too. It's terrible for tourism. <laughs> that means it's really bad. <laughs> okay? So now, we'll go in there. We're in a, you rent a car, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Because it took three hours for them to check every dent. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no fast tracking. And then we get into some car that I didn't even, I don't even know the company's name. Mazuzuki? I don't, I, like, what? You've never, you never ridden in a Mazuzuki? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is a Mazuzuki? Right? It's a five door. The Mazuzuki limper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a five door hatchback. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 it's the style, man. So we're in this car. We go to this beautiful city, Antigua, right? Is yeah. that it? Yeah, the former to... colonial capital. That's, oh. where, that's where the drug dealer's house was on prom night. Oh, really? Yep. Beautiful place. Not bad. I mean, it's, oh. And that's where I left $400 cash on a toilet. 
Yeah. Because I had a money belt on, yeah. and every because I'm too chubby to have a money belt. So anyway, I, I had to pick it up over my tits. I, to I get don't the money like out. picturing that. And then I took the money out and I left it on the <laughs> toilet. And then we're we're in the mountains of Guatemala, and I was like, I left my money. Oh, that was a like, bad day. You're like, yep, you did. Oh. There was no going back for that. No. <laughs> Some I, I no. gave somebody a new house. I th- actually, I think you, I think you you realized within 15 minutes. Right, and then we and went back. We were still eating at the restaurant. Did we go back? Oh, did I? And we were still reading the restaurant. And you went back, and it was long gone. Yeah, it was long gone. Some guy had bought 19 donkeys. Yeah, someone someone's the, a major. Yeah. Like Ranchero yeah. now. And he put six more levels on his house. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. then we're actually, we're going up to this. Then we get into a thunderstorm in the mountains. That's right. And you were scared. Yeah, because the visibility was zero. There's no guardrails. It's one. Uh, buses pass on the curve going about 70 miles an hour. Yeah, and it's a straight 100-foot drop. There, yeah, on either side. Yeah, and I'm one afraid of highway. And by, by the way, yeah, like... I, I, it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but there was about 10 feet of visibility. Yeah, no. Max. It was 10 feet. Of, we're in a Mazuzuki. The Mazuzuki limper. Going up a mountain. Yeah. Right? Right. In the rain. Yeah. With buses flying by us. Yeah, no guardrails. And there's a 100-foot drop to the right. Yeah. Yeah. Did our tire pop then, or did it pop mm, the second, next day? That was, a, that was okay. the next day. Yeah. And we're New Yorkers and haven't changed a tire in about a decade. And to see us struggle in the rain fixing this tire. Uh, in the mud. Really a sad, sad test. The only thing that saved test. us was yes. that rug I bought for, for $50,000. So Bobby bought this schlocky, cheapo, touristy <laughs> no, no, rug stop, at the stop. market. i got to stop. This is what happened. This is 100% true. Whatever we, Bobby says, don't buy it. We get out of the car. <laughs> And 19 women with little tiny Abe Lincoln hats attack me. I don't know what he is talking about. <laughs> the little Abe Lincoln hats. They have those little hats. Those little Abe Lincoln hats. Those little hats. The little... I think you're, you have a fever dream. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> don't they wear little hats? <laughs> those little Guatemalan women. Sure, Anyways, sure. They, they came out with the, they were like, oh, buy rug, buy rug, buy do, 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 do. And I was like, I go, I go, we're going to the market. When I get back, I'll buy something. Right. Right? When we got back, they were waiting for me. Remember? Oh, yeah. They were waiting at the car. 20 oh, of yeah. them. No, sure. And you sent me to the friggin' dogs. You deserved it. Why? Because you, you had already said that you were going to get something, and they don't forget stuff like that. I lie to people all the time. <laughs> what, you can't lie to people in Guatemala? No. Not when it comes to stuff like that. I lie to homeless people in New York. Ugh. No, there's a level. And then yeah. there was the they're, 20 they're of them, on level, and they were man. like, you have to, you, you said you're going to buy, and I had to buy that rug. I had to buy the rug to get him off my back, and it was like 40 bucks. Oh. It was like a $2 rug. Oh, you think you got robbed with your 400 Man, oh, man. So there's a schlocky $40 rug <laughs> that I think you're, you're being low on price-wise, uh, <laughs> and it was raining out. We blew no. a tire in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And we're these we useless New Yorkers are struggling with the the jack and the yeah. and the this is how useless we I can't even remember the the, the lug wrench or whatever you use to get the, the wheel off yeah and Bobby puts this this <laughs> <laughs> this crappy blue dyed blue tourist blanket on the ground so we can kneel on it it just soaks up all the water on the ground and then winds up dying my pants blue. <laughs> We're struggling for, for, pay, for 45 minutes in the pouring rain trying to get this tire changed. Our pants' knees were different colors. 
truly, I had to throw the pants away. <laughs> and I think we just left the rug there because it was it was just, it wasn't worth taking this. It was really this eighty dollar. It smelled like a dead cat. Ugh. It, it was so I bad. I think they made the rug out of cat. The least fun <laughs> Indiana Jones movie you could ever watch. But then we get back to the hotel. And it stopped raining. We wound yeah. up going to dinner at a local restaurant. It was nice. Yeah, until I got, yeah. I got dysentery. <laughs> now I'm in the hotel room. It was blasting out both ends. Well, I was in the hotel. No, room. it was it was it was, like, it was I was literally had to choose between <laughs> poop and puke. I had at the same time, yeah, yeah. I had to choose. You should have just gotten in the bathtub and let fly. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying, and I just wanted my grandmother. You, I, you got angry at me that I didn't go in and hold your head. You I said didn't want that you to, to hold me. my head. You I were just, furious. How about a, No, no, dude, dude, I, you wanted me to hold your head. I was you mad because you didn't say, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I did. No, you didn't. You, you, were, th- you were an adult. Buddy, you threw me premium crackers, like four of them. You'll, I, I you go, you'll, you'll be all right. I got you Pepto-Bismol. I got you all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you, okay, you did get me Pepto-Bismol, but you, you were annoyed that I was sick. No, I wasn't. You had an annoying attitude. I was, I was completely sympathetic. You did not. Dude, are you, dude, what, I are was you a anno- serial killer? I was, I was annoyed you were being a little bitch about it. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> hold my head. Dude, I was shooting a Guatemalan <laughs> no, steak no, out of every orifice. D- dude, dude. <laughs> uh, in fairness, in fairness, that's the worst kind uh, of... Yeah. The, the, the Montezuma's Revenge you get in Guatemala that you're describing yeah. is the is is only... but. I don't know if I've told you this, yeah. and I'm not making this up just yeah. to make you feel bad. Yeah, it's the it's the kind of dysentery you get from consuming fecal matter. So I got poop. I ate poop. Yeah, someone didn't wash his hands appropriately. So, so some dishwasher had poop on his hands. Yeah, yeah. Didn't read the sign in the bathroom. Probably. Yeah, and I ate poop. Yep. That's great. That's the long and short of it. That's great. You're telling me that six years later. Well, I, I feel like there's enough distance where you can have a, sort of a, a sanguine outlook on it, right? Oh God. Oh God! I ate poop. Probably, poop. Uh, not probably, almost assuredly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, all right. There you go. So Who wants to talk about records? <laughs> this is so much better. So listen, we've had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, here's the, here's the we next. we I I have had a tremendous amount okay. of fun. Well, here's the next party that sucks because sure. we go back again. Sure. We'll, we'll oh, have to don't do, forget. We'll have to do minute, part two of the podcast. Stop! 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 Okay. Stop. Sure. 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 Stop. Really, really quick. Are you talking about Maximone? I'm, I'm talking. Simone? No, I'm talking about the part. Where I found a, like obsidian knives on the ground. There's right? so many good parts to these stories, man. Right. We can't talk about Comedy Central Records. We've got to talk about this stuff. We, we go, have to talk about Comedy Central Records. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit. All right. We, we go. There's, a, there's an archaeological we site. Oh, we, yeah. we got a, we, we okay. got a plenty of time. We've got, right. we got 50, 20 more minutes. What? No. So we're at an archaeological site called Kamenel Huyu, which is in the center of Guatemala City. And it's, it's the location of one of their big obsidian knife manufacturing centers. This is a late classic period mine site, probably, yeah. you know, 500, yeah, 500, 900 AD. Yeah, right. This is 1,000 th- years old, right? Sure. Right? Yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. 2,000. Sure. Okay. So I look on the ground, I find an obsidian knife. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what's this? You're like, that's a knife. That's what they used to use to cut fruit and cut yeah. things open, right? Really cool artifact. Right. I found a couple of them. Yeah. I took, put them in my pocket. Yeah, the place is lousy with them. Right. They're all over the place. Yeah. So I find them. Now, cut to, I'm in the airport, still with, with shitting my pants and puking. Right. Panicking that I'm going to be arrested. For smuggling antiquities. Yes. Yeah. 
Now, I'm in the bathroom, I'm shitting my pants, and all of a sudden, two of the cops come in. Two of the airport police come in. Are you sure you're not adding to the story? Buddy, I swear to God, I'm in the bathroom. They come in. So now, I gently go out, I wrap all the antiquities in toilet paper, and I go to the barrel as I'm going out, and I drop them in the barrel. The guy who changes the trash just took the trash out. It's an empty barrel. I, I imagine hear? him as Belush. Once again, Dr. Kelly, there's nothing you possess that I could not take. I drop them in the barrel. You hear, ching. Oh. It just made the loudest. There's nothing in there except obsidian knives just smashing to the bottom of the barrel. A thousand years of history wrapped up I with old paper towels. I went back into the bathroom, and thank God I was crapping again. And the noise, oh, yeah, thank God. The noise my asshole made made the cops leave the bathroom. <laughs> It sounded like my ass was throwing up. <laughs> We're in public, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. In a nice restaurant, in a nice Sorry. hotel in Belgium. So, yeah. so, now we're on the plane. I'm right. dying on the plane. Oh. You haven't talked to me in two hours, by the way. You, like, stop talking to me. Oh, like, okay. like I embarrassed you on a date. <laughs> like, you, like, like, you had to give me a ride home. You had bad you're meat not sweats, to me. too. I had was... me, oh, the meat sweats were awful. Oh. So now I'm on the plane, meat sweats. I got. I really did feel bad for you, though. I know you showed it, and uh, <laughs> that's my, that's my concern. Yeah. Well, anyway. I'm sitting there. Then I'm. We have to change plans in Houston. Yeah. I leave my Sony little portable gaming system that I just got. You lost so much money on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the trip to go there was like a hundred bucks. I lost a thousand. <laughs> A thousand. Oh. Dude, why don't you bring your family silver down? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But then, okay, so now we go back. It's all over. Right. Bang. Right. Sure. And uh, <laughs> and and I was, you know, and, and when you're there too, the people are very little people. Yeah. So you really, you know, I didn't need a money belt. You just have to put your money in your breast pocket. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> so <laughs> If you see someone hopping, just t hold the top of their head down. <laughs> hey, don't rob me. <laughs> so, so, so we go back. Yeah. We go back. You want to go, go back. back, right? A second time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of a, a redo. A redo. Like, yeah. And I, I'm Wait rocking and rolling this time. Oh, yeah. I'm rocking and rolling until... We throw a wrinkle in. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So, there's... In, in certain areas, uh, the Mayan... Indians worship a, a a deity called San Simon, which is a combination of I think Judas and Pedro de Alvarado and yeah. some sort of Mayan deity, all wrapped into one. Yeah, it's kind of pure evil. Yeah, and my and, uncle uh, Sean. Sure, <laughs> bad guy. He looks. Uh, he the, looks the, 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 the Mayans. Guy. The Mayans hated your uncle Sean. It's been. I, I've seen them. I've seen the, the hieroglyphs. The guy looked like. The guy looked like a hobo. I mean, it doesn't look like. I mean. Any other god is like godlike. This guy had a cigar and a hat. Yeah, wear a black what hat. What god black has suit. a hat? No, no, just he just a, a like a bad, creepy dude. And uh, yeah, they they uh, they offer grain alcohol and yeah, cigars cigarettes. to him. Yeah, yeah, cigars. Yeah, and uh, they they get together. Uh, there's a there's a there's a small city across the river. The name escapes me right now. Where they have. Uh, a life-size San Simon lying down in a glass coffin yeah. in a small house and they just get 
blasted on grain alcohol and smoke yeah. cigarettes yeah. and just worship this thing all day. And you can go visit that house. Yeah, so I, I thought you should see it. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. He doesn't set me up with this. You set me up. You say, hey, let's go take a boat ride. Yeah, yeah, we so take a boat. We get on a the... beautiful boat. Sure. We're going across this lake. Why not? To an island. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. We get to the island. We get off the boat. We walk over the pier. You hire a, 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 a little boy with a man face. <laughs> Literally. He looked, he looked. It was a four-year-old child with the head of a man. Yeah. <laughs> he had a scar from ear to ear. He looked like a James Bond villain. Sure. He seemed like, he seemed like a good... Just his head. He seemed like a good guide for you. He was... He literally was three, <laughs> three feet tall, maybe two-something, yeah. with a man head. Right. Uh, he had a, a cleft chin. He had a scar from his... He had, like, an eyebrow, but a little piece missing out of it. Like, like he'd been in, like, 19 bar fights. Right. And you hire this sucker... This sucker to take me into the city to go find Max Amon. He seemed like a really reasonable guide. He scared the shit out of me. And he was, the, the price was right. I think it was like three bucks. Three bucks. This kid takes me up a hill yeah. into a town, into some old lady's house. Yeah. In, and there's a statue of a guy with a hat. I, yeah. Yeah. And then I got to give him, I got to give him money. Yeah. I had to throw him money. There's no, there's no price for experience. And then the kid, the kid, the man face boy left me. He goes, oh. he goes, okay, because apparently he didn't give him enough money to take me back. He just gave him enough money to get me there. Oh, yeah. So now I'm walking around <laughs> this village by myself. I find myself through, walking through a, like a market, an open air market with like, I don't know, it looked like chicken hearts. Right. And, and, and then vegetables I've never seen before. Right. And, and like Sasquatch feet. And, and, and sure. I, I was a giant among people just walking. I stuck out like a... I remember just walking by a dog dying. Yeah. There was just a dog. There were a lot of dying. dead dogs there. But this one wasn't dead. It was dying. <laughs> it was like on the verge of death. And I'm watching it die. And people are walking by it like it was a fucking rug. And they yeah. weren't doing anything. It's kind of, it's, that sounds kind of like Serpent in the Rainbow, I it's feel like. fucking the creep. You left me. I'm walking through this town. I finally found a coffee shop. I sit. I grab a chair and put it on the outside of the coffee shop. Right. And wait for you. I want to get an ice cream. My, <laughs> my plan was that either I'm going to live here. Right. <laughs> if you don't come back, or you'll Actually, walk by me. I, I was getting concerned when you didn't show up back at our our scheduled rendezvous point. The rendezvous point, I don't, how do, how do I know? It's a small town. We could have, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Those were fun trips, man. Mm. We need to do that again. Bobby's lighting a cigar for our listeners. <laughs> and that's how Comedy Central Records started. Well, here's the, the, the backup point to this, to even get to that, which yeah. we can get into right now, is that you've lived this life. I've never met anybody who's traveled more than you, who's gone to the most... I mean, you've been to Syria during Ramadan. You've... I mean, and you have to... If you don't visually see... I'm just going to describe you, and I don't want you to be insulted. I'm going to be insulted if you set it up like that. If you take... If you took a show in the 50s, like a, a sitcom, an American sitcom, like Leave it to Beaver, or My Three Sons, 
you're that one of those guys. Ladies. You're, you're a you're a, you're a thin, small, Dick Van Dyke looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean, am I wrong? No. All right. No. <laughs> right. I mean you part your hair to the side, you're you're a thin glass of water. You're, you're a polite little son of a bitch. You can say scrawny. Yeah, you're scrawny. All right. Good word. Yeah. You're scrawny. All right. But, and you have a very even temperament. I've never seen you go too high or too low. You're the exact opposite of me. I mean, literally. Well, it, it's funny, because when we first met, it was, I think, <laughs> backstage at the Dane show. And yeah, you, were, you were talking with Gary... I think, and I just thought to myself, I remember thinking to myself, man, there is no way we were ever going to be friends, and uh, uh, I love this guy to pieces. You're one yeah. of my favorite people. You're one of my favorite people, <laughs> and I have a very small list, and it's, it's really weird, too, when people, I tell people I'm friends with you, they're like, why? <laughs> like, not even on your end, though, they're like, why would he like you? <laughs> but <clears throat> it's weird that <clears throat> you have this incredible life. And then <clears throat> when I did meet you, it was at uh, a Dane Cook. Um, it was just- It was uh, at MSG. MSG, the small theater. You were presenting Dane with 80,000 copies. Oh, the gold record. The yeah, gold yeah, yeah. record. And uh, this is when Dane popped. Right. USA Today, 80,000 copies, first week. Yeah. It hasn't right. been done, yeah. uh, blah, blah, blah. And then I come to find out that you, before Comedy Central, Comedy Central never had a record label. No, people were doing CDs on a very low level. I mean, kind of no one was doing it. Mean, nobody was doing it. The, if they did do it, it was like doing it at their house or some crappy version of it. Yeah, I mean, all the, the big artists, I feel like, had had out, but only the, the top, of the, you know, like Dice and Chris Rock and Seinfeld. And, the, the the top names had, but anyone below the top names didn't do it. Other than I think you know, there were a couple of Bill Hicks records. And, yeah, uh, and they they weren't. In st I mean, they were very very hard to find. Because so you started in music, you're in a punk yeah. band in Guatemala, which yep. is a whole nother thing. Yeah, uh, and you're into music, and you had a record label with musicians. Right, right, and and, and that that makes sense to me. How did you go? I want to do comedy. How could you be that big a fan of something? Because to do comedy, to deal with comedians, because we're the craziest fucking, we're nuts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. In fairness, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Well, no, because yeah, I don't want to mince words. Hmm. No, and but how do you go from saying, okay, how do I want to go do comics? How do you get involved in that? Well, you know, it, it was kind of weird because I, I was doing uh, swing bands. If you remember that being mm -hmm. hip for about a half a minute in the mid to late nineties. Uh, <laughs> Why swing bands? Well, because there was this underground swing movement. It was, and all these swing bands really were ex-members of punk bands. Oh, really? And it was, just, you know, alternative and whatever agitated guitar rock had gotten so boring and corporate-y at that, by, say, the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. And there was this underground movement of swing bands. And I thought, wow, oh, this is a really cool scene. I want to put out these records. And so did that. But I'd always been a fan of comedy. And... You know, watch stand up yeah. every time, every chance I could, and yeah. knew all the sets. And then uh, Mitch Hedberg had self-released his first album, his Strategic Grill Locations record, and just yeah. sold it off of his website. And I'm like, how is something that good not in stores and distributed? Right. So I wanted to put out comedy records for a long time, and it just didn't. 
I was more like, am I out of my mind? Because these things haven't really sold since the late 70s or early 80s. Right. And uh, I, I approached Comedy Central uh, with the idea for it. And um, What is your pitch? <clears throat> when you go into Comedy Central, you're going in as, they don't know you, right? No. They have no idea who you are. No idea. You walk in by yourself? I walked in with a friend who was able to introduce me to Larry Divney, who was the head of the company back then. Right. But I, I look young and goofy, like you were painting a portrait of earlier. Yes. And uh, you should have a fishing rod all the time. Yeah, and right. a propeller cap. Yeah, and, right. a, and a chalkboard for your schoolwork. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, I looked, I looked seventeen when yeah. I pitched the notion. Really? Yeah. What was the pitch? Uh, I was like, hey, I want to put out comedy records, and here's the proposal. So the long version of this is. Uh, Larry Divney, the head of the company, said, oh, you should talk to this woman named Holly Lim, yeah. who was head of new business development. And I go down with my friend and pitch her this idea. And, you know, I, I really, I don't look authoritative or believable right. at all. Yeah. And she goes, oh, this is sort of an interesting thing, but we're talking to major labels about maybe doing licensing about really? it. And we're not sure it's a great idea. And I, and I said, but the plan looks interesting. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's right for us. And she said, oh, I'd like to see more detail on this, 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 and this. And I said, I, I was reasonably sure I was getting the brush off, which was a perfect response to my proposal. Right. And uh, I said, well, uh, great. When can I, I'll, I'll get you more detail on this and head back whenever you want. And she goes, well, I'm going to be traveling for the next few weeks. <clears throat> that's definitely sounds like a brush like, off. Yeah, no, it's 100% brush off. Anytime somebody in the entertainment world goes, I'm going on a little vacation for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and she goes, uh, I, I said, well, where are you going to be? And she goes, I'm going to be in Las <laughs> Vegas in three days. And I said, you're kidding. I'm going to be in Las Vegas in three days. Were you? No. Oh, my God, you but, slimy little uh, mother. Yeah, no. But wow. I, I, I need, the, the, the swing label had imploded so badly. I was... <laughs> I was I was in a year and a half depression, really. And yeah, I'd never wanted anything more in my life. I just like I had to get out of Arizona. I was in Arizona at the time, right? Um, and I had, just had to get out of Arizona, and um, so I just flew home and for, stayed up for three days straight working on this plan, right? And then drove all night. I got the plan done at about three a.m. on the day we were meeting, and then drove eight and a half hours or whatever long however long it was to Las Vegas. Get to the meeting with ten minutes to spare. <clears throat> Have no idea what I said, and uh, just presented her this plan. And I would, I kept calling and calling, and I, I would I, call, I would call her up uh, and say, "Hey, I'm going to be in New York on business. Do you have a chance to meet?" Lies again. Oh yeah. And if she said yes, I'd buy the ticket. I had no, I wouldn't have any business in New York. Right. And if she said no, I wouldn't. And after about nine months of pestering, wow, she said, "Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll give this a shot." And I owe Polly everything because it, it just turned my life around. Right? Because uh, the the nice thing about it is that no one was doing it at the time, so it kind of had the pick of the litter yeah. in terms of artists. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, what was your pick? Who were your? Who did you start the label with? The label was started and. Yeah, this is 2002, so none of these comics were really household names yet. Right. Um, but it was Dave Attell, Louis Black, 
Mitch, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, right. and this up and coming up and coming club comic named Dane Cook, and uh, yeah, within six months the label was profitable, and wow. within uh, yeah, within three years we were top ten independent label, and then within five years we were top five, and it was really cool because kind of there was there was no one else doing this, and at the time Comedy Central had a lot of excess ad inventory, so we could put commercials on tv for these records which no one else could do yeah and so it was a really great marketing tool and you had to convince record stores to even take them right because they didn't have comedy sections at that point so so you invented the comedy section at record stores well the label was yeah we had to push and push and push to get because there weren't any comedy records there were five or six comedy records so there wasn't a need for a section so we had well, to by put the out end of record Stores, there was a huge comedy section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, you uh, had a part in that. Yeah, that was that was the pretty much the the result of, of putting out these, you know, getting enough volume out there to, uh, to to make it worthwhile for them to start sections. Now, let me ask you a question, Mitch Hedberg. Now, this is, a, this is something I heard, and I don't know if this is true. His first comedy half hour. Yeah. He bombed, uh, and they. Yeah, badly, and they re-edited it. So I put a, a DVD with the album on that. Uh, the The album was called Mitch All Together, and put a DVD on that of the edited Comedy Central half hour. And then I found in the vault the unedited hour show that they cut it down from. And you can see it if you buy the DVD. That sounds like a very old-fashioned statement. Yeah. It uh, is. So if you can find a DVD player <laughs> and then can find the physical copy of the right. DVD, yeah. you can see that, that he just doesn't, the crowd doesn't get it. And they, they're dummies. That show was so good. They're, they're, and you just look at, you see people in the audience looking at each other like, what the hell is this? Right. And oh my God, it's so good. And they just don't get it. Right. Uh, it makes me mad. But well, it's whatever. like, it's like Mitch Hedberg is an a at that point was an acquired taste though because yeah. nobody did what he did right was it's almost like trying a new food it's like it, it's not it's it's the 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 presentation right was like what is that and then if you tasted it if you got to know it you're like oh my god this guy's hilarious right it's almost like a rhythm yeah that if it was like you could catch well yeah you had to be on the right wavelength i mean because it is a lot of it's very bizarre it's very dude but, Someone uh, asked me if I wanted a frozen banana. I said no, but yes, because I, I might want a regular one later. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It, it, the, 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 so think to do that joke. Yeah. To come up with that joke, it, it, it's him doing it, the tempo he's doing it in, right. but it's also like, it's fucking ridiculous because it's such a, f it's so smart. Yeah, and it's, it's like it, no, but yeah. It's his inimitable style. It, the the. The example I, I like to use about, is about the traffic light and yeah. the banana. Go ahead. Yeah, because on a traffic light, red means stop, and, and yellow means slow down, and green means go ahead. But on a banana, it's the exact opposite. Green means hold on, and yellow means go ahead, and red means where'd you get that banana? <laughs> and if you wrote that down... And you read that and didn't know yeah. it was Mitch. You'd think it was a like, kid's thing. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, what? Yeah. Uh, but just the way he did it, his inimitable style was just so good. Was, yeah. Uh, just staggering. Anyway. Now, who was the first one out of that? Now, when you put this together <clears throat> and you, now you have a, 
You, did they give you an office right away, or did you do it from a, your home? Yeah, no, it was a, I, I moved to New York in the middle of winter, and um, yeah, just started. I had a tiny little office, and right. no, I didn't. I didn't have an assistant for, <laughs> or anyone else working on the label for that matter for six or seven years afterwards. Wow. Yeah. So it was just you making. Yeah. So now, when and, and Dane was taking off, right? So at the same time. Uh, yeah, well, it, it it took off very quickly because uh, he had released. And most people think his fame is him just getting on Instant Messenger on AOL and MySpace. Oh, the MySpace was and it? the MySpace, yeah. and that's where his fame came from. His fans. That's a lot of it, right. but the so we repackaged his album and put a DVD of his comedy of the TV shows he had on Comedy Central on it. And uh, redid the artwork and put it into stores. And I think we, I didn't, this was before digital. It was just CDs at that point. Right. So I didn't think it was going to sell more than two or 3,000 copies. Because he had sold about 6,000 copies on his own in nine months. Which right. was like an amazing amount of units. Right. Uh, and so shipped about 3,000 copies and 2,000 of those sold within the first, in the first week. Wow. So we had to scramble, and we sold 2,000 copies of that record every week like a Swiss watch for two years. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, 2,000 units every week, nonstop. I was just waiting for that one week when it would decline, and it never did. So by the time that, that was harmful of Swallowed, so if, by the time Retaliation came out, we were ready to release Retaliation, we had quietly sold a quarter of a million copies. So I knew we could put a lot of money behind it. We spent tons of money. And I bought billboards and bus sides and phone booth advertising. And you bought and cardboard pricing. cutouts in Tower Records. Car yeah, pricing and positioning in all the... People don't know that, that in the Tower Records, or the, 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 the stores, the record stores, where it is... Yeah. In the rack, and, and if it's on the board at the top of what's right. new, yeah, and that costs money. At the speed table, it costs a lot of money. So uh, if you remember record stores, kids, uh, <laughs> there would be things, these things called listening stations where you could go on and put your headphones on and listen to the album before yeah. you bought. That cost 50 to 100 bucks each store to put those in. So you could spend you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars really easily getting the record out there and available. And because there's no comedy section, you you always had to spend money on positioning to put it in the front of the store racks. Right. Because otherwise it'd be in the back, you know, Celtic music section, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that no one would ever find. Right. So, yeah, it, it took a lot of money to launch a record. But because th those that quarter million unit uh, Harful Swallow sales had happened, I was reasonably sure, and people were passionate about him. I mean, people, yeah. no, one under, no one over 25 knew who he was, but everyone under 25 did, and they were passionate about it. So, um, Retaliation came out, it sold 84, 86,000 copies first week, and was number three or four on the Billboard Top 200, and ev everyone was like, what, huh? Wh what is this? USA Today. Yeah. I, rem I remember Crazy. being at a gig and every every crappy hotel in the world gets the USA Today. Yeah, it's just yeah. What are they saying? That that's the that's the paper for stupid people because it has more pictures than words. For those of you who like your news in color, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, 
I remember opening it up and it, it, it was him. Yeah. I was on the front cover actually. He was on the front cover. Now did you, did you have to get that stuff, that type of press? Our press department did a really good job with it, but I, a lot of that just happens kind of on its own. There's a certain there's a certain point where you don't need people pushing it, where it's just right. such a okay. such a, a an explosion that people just pick it up, pick up the story. Now, was he um, the first one that blew like blew open the doors for you, or was it was that the one where yeah, well, people were like, oh my god. Yeah, it was it was a it was crazy times because we I mean we could we could talk for hours uh, about this side of it but all the records wound up doing pretty well. You got Lewis Black, Lewis Black, when? and he was just starting to, to to do have appearances on the Daily Show. And he's on he's in his fifties at that time. Yeah, must have uh, must have been. Yeah, yeah, and um, Mitch Hedberg. Yep. So the the Dane Cook records, the first two did about 1.3 million copies each, and then the Mitch altogether is almost at half a million, and then like a David Tell or a Lewis Black would do 100 to 150 thousand copies. Um, and what's so scary was I don't know how long this would run, because my last label lasted basically. Eighteen months in success, so you're only as good as your next record. Um, but right. the, but the next wave was uh, I, I got pretty lucky too because signed um, Gaffigan and Geraldo and Swartzen and Daniel Tosh. Jesus and um, and this was this was you know 2005. Yeah, Todd Berry, and they weren't they weren't household names yet. So it was just kind of a, a guess on who was going to be. A Tosh.0 wouldn't come out for years. But now this is where you're you're actually making people famous. I mean, how you're 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 assisting in this in a big way. I like to think so. I mean, absolutely. Because some of these artists, the only the only content you could get from them was from the records. Like Mitch Hedberg didn't have anything other than a sort of a cut appearance on that '70s show and his half hour. So people were passing around these records, and that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to help people to help these comics get out there because right. there's so much talent everyone talks about the renaissance in comedy and there's that's a hundred percent true because you, know, you know people like Birbiglia and uh, just all you know, I got to do another Stephen Wright record and just all these tremendous comics each with their own really distinct styles right um, was it hard at different. any point to 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 pick these people like to you know like you're picking winners out of the gate you're, you picked four winners, and then you go on to pick Geraldo and 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 and, uh, and, and Tosh and all these people. And is there any point that you were like, that it, it fell off? Were you like, I need to get out of this? Why did you leave something like that? Or was it the tech? Did you see the technology changing? Yeah, Where, I think I, th- I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit bored because I did it for ten years, and I had accomplished kind of all I wanted to do at that point. Right. Wanted to try something different. So, but it was a good run. I mean, 10 years is a long time and the technology completely changed. Like the record industry is dead. Did you get out before this or did you, did you foresee that happening? And, or did that happen on your watch? Um, I, I got out kind of just as it was cresting. I could see the writing on the wall because, you know, back if, if, if I, when I put it out an Aziz Ansari record, or a Louis C.K. record in, say, 2008 or 2009. Mm. Dates are all blending together now, but around then. 
those records, I think, sold 100 to 150,000 copies each. And today, those artists who are two to three times as famous, at least, are having a really hard time selling eight to 10,000 copies. And it's all streaming now, and streaming pays fractions of a penny per play, so it's not a viable economic model. And um, Sirius, Sirius is responsible for a lot of the royalties and was responsible for a lot of the royalties uh, at Comedy Central, even before the channel. And that's a big part of the reason why I'm there now. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's just the whole thing has changed. It's gone from transactional CD sales to digital. So, so you know, you're looking at transactional physical CDs, DVDs, yeah. things like that, to transitional digital, which is iTunes. Now that is gone, and it's all streaming now, and streaming doesn't pay anything. So that's that's the real problem, the real crux of the matter, why everyone's scrambling and the sort of the, the record business is kind of dead. Um, now, do you think that in do you think Sirius could ever do? Could you ever do what you did at Comedy Central at Sirius? Could could Sirius get behind a, a comic and put their album out on Sirius satellite radio only? We do a lot. We have deals with a lot of the labels to get an exclusive window on these albums, and we right. play them more. And I, I think comics who who know their business know that Sirius XM is the place that can break them in, in the audio world. Right. So we have a lot of those deals. And right. we don't necessarily want to be the label. We can let someone else be the label and handle all of the right. the business side. We just want to be a place where these artists know they can come and, and get heard. And we can we can just be a, a great promotional and revenue outlet. For how, how big is comedy on Sirius right now? It's big. It's huge. Yeah, it's big. Uh, people love it. We have six channels, and tons, yeah, tons of people listen to it. It's, right, because it's great stuff. Because we have everything for every taste. Do you have and, Do you have a, like a, a blue channel, like a dirtier channel? Raw Dog is Raw Dog. That what that that's what yeah, that is? yeah. That's right. where you are. Right. <laughs> I mean, no, it's true. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, Robert Kelly on Raw Dog, Sirius XM. Right. <laughs> I notice I've been playing more since you've. <laughs> <laughs> Since you've taken over, you know, you know what side of your bread's buttered now. <laughs> well, it's 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 it's. It, I love when people um, seem to uh, get out of something before it goes bad, and get into the next version of it. You know what I mean? Because it would be a sad, sh shitty story to me that if you got you you actually went from comedy albums to making comedy hours. Right. To making specials, and then now specials seem to be almost where records are, like they're they're kind it's of tough. It's yeah, a t it's not. They're expensive to make, and there are few outlets for them. And there's the and, and, and there's a million people who have specials now. Yeah. Like anybody can make a special with a fucking iPhone, put it out there, and yeah. and, and it's there. And people don't know if you see a bunch of bad specials. Why are you gonna want? How are you gonna get to the good ones? And right. Where do you go for the good ones? Comedy Central. If you're on a Comedy Central label, it was almost um, like being on a professional team. Right. Right. Like I like to think that we were because I didn't put out more than a dozen records a year, and even that was a lot because we really wanted to focus on marketing because there's it's one thing to, to produce a record and and. Get, 
put it out there and distribute it. It's another thing to really market it because yeah. the value that we had was the marketing. Yeah. And and getting it out there. Um, so, what was the question? I don't well, know. I'm just saying that it's 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 you you've kind of transitioned. It seems at the right time. Like you got out of the the, the the album thing, went into the special thing, and now you're actually at the digital format. Yeah. Is, it, is this yeah, plan? Yeah. Was that thought out, or was that just by chance? Cold calculation, by no. <laughs> Come I, on. I, I, I like to I like to pretend I'm a genius, but I, I think it was just really what what interested me at the time, right? And um, uh, wanted to wanted just to get out before it became a nine to five job, right? Uh, and. Because it has to be interesting, especially in the arts. I feel like you have to be super, super, super passionate about something or you have to get out. Yeah. Uh, because it, it shows in the work and you don't want to do a bad job yeah. for somebody. So, yeah. But I, I, at the risk of sounding too corporate, I mean, Sirius XM is amazing. Just in the number of channels and that it, that it actually pays the artists and... Um, we have such a variety of really well curated content. It right. seems like the place to be. Yeah, I mean it's it is weird because I've been I've been through the whole thing. I actually did a record with you. I did a uh, a special. What was the record called, Bobby? Just the tip. Boom. What were the other names you were considering for it? Um, I don't know. Didn't we had a bunch that you really <laughs> told me to go fuck myself? <laughs> I mean, not even not even like a you're like yeah now. <laughs> I had a bunch of fucking shit names for that. And I, I, one I of them was Naked Just Socks, I think. Yeah, Naked Just Socks. We actually shot, if you look at the back of my, this is the funny story, is that my, I really raped you <laughs> when it came oh, to. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, because, here's, okay. <laughs> I, I, you, de- you demanded that we should that we include a documentary as a DVD extra. I, because I, I wanted to be different than yeah. everybody else. I hear you. I want. I had a creative. Uh, I had this 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 mindset of like, let me. I understand what this is. This will be a great documentary, and I will I will shoot it. And you you paid for it. Oh, but I got, did we ever? I got the. <laughs> I got the worst guy. I just, instead of hiring your crew, but you were like, I got the guys. I was like, no, no, no. I got a guy. Oh, I remember that. And I hired this fucking guy. And look, I'm not going to, I don't want to, tra- like, I, I made the mistakes because I should have told this guy to fuck off at a lot of points. But, you know, it was basically going to be the mate. It was the, <laughs> this is my, my thing. The DVD of the making of a CD. Oh. Which nobody seemed entertainment, to get. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> nobody seemed to get. I remember. But do you remember we got that crazy, sexy editor to do it? Who? To salvage it? <laughs> your your wife. Oh, oh, was that? Is that who edited it? <laughs> well, she saved us because the guy we got to edit it was running up a ten thousand dollar bill. Oh my God! I remember we had to pay that. Didn't, <laughs> didn't we have to haggle? Well, mediation he, or something like I that? I think he bought, he literally bought a whole new setup. Oh, it was so he expensive. Didn't, he didn't have any computers. I thought He's that like, was going to tank the label. He goes, <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh, the bills just started to mount up. 
I remember that. Oh, it's all coming back to me now, like a bad dream. <laughs> I remember. I remember this piece of shit was like, I need a, a quad processor, and I need, he was oh. he he gave you a bill, and I remember you were like, what the fuck is this? I got cold sweats when I saw that bill. <laughs> Because <laughs> I shot everything, and he had all the footage. He would not oh. give us the footage, oh. and the footage was. And today he's Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember. I shot. Oh, he filmed me from New York to uh, Boston. Oh and God! He, he charged us for all his travel too, didn't he? He charged you for everything, oh. everything. And I remember we did a bunch. We did an interview with Norton. We did right. an interview with Colin. Yep. We did all these. Interviews. That interview with Colin was great. I think. He, yeah. There, there was Colin at one point was chasing you down his hallway with an axe. You know what happened was is that me and Colin always fight physically. We physically wind up getting into it. We fought in Japan. Yeah, yeah, we were in those. But that era, though, was really when you were getting serious about it. Like, the, yeah. I, I was getting concerned that the fighting was getting. No, it was because quite he was chasing you with hostile he broke, intent. He down, broke my rib down the hallway with an axe, like no, no, a hatchet. No, he was chasing me around his apartment with a hatchet. He broke my rib. He pushed me into oh, a on chair. the sidewalk, right? No, he or, pushed me into a chair okay. in his apartment, broke my rib. Then I took a cup of water and threw it in his face. Right. And then I threw a whole. Oh, he asked me if I wanted a pistachio nut, and I went to grab them, and I smashed them out of his hand. Right. Then he went and got a hatchet. Right. But it was like a and, By the way, what is he doing with a hatchet? He loves antique knives and hatchets. <laughs> he, yeah. So he, sure. he chased me around his apartment with a hatchet, Probably. and then I ran down the hallway in his high-rise. Yeah. And I hit any... I, I remember I looked... I think some of that was caught on film. Huh? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, you can buy this on Just the Tip, the Robert Kelly documentary on DVD. Yeah, we're still trying to pay it off, so yeah, please go buy it. Please, buy two copies. <laughs> we, Help out Viacom. We went. The share price is sagging. <laughs> we, 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 he came down the hall with, with headgear on and boxing gloves. That's right. And he ran down the hall, punched me in the face, and then kicked me in the stomach. And it was just like a movie. You're hitting the down button yeah. just over and over and over again <laughs> in the hopes that it would, <laughs> the elevator would come. <laughs> and here comes Colin and for some reason headgear <laughs> and boxing gloves. But we filmed this whole thing. And then at the point where we got to my show, it cuts off and it goes, go buy this, the DVD, the audios. Does it? Yeah, because we didn't. Oh. It was the it was the the it was the DVD of the making of an audio CD. Was the entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. So Colin goes, "What the fuck is this?" In the thing, he goes, "I go, it's the CD. It's the DVD of the making of a CD." He goes, "That is the fucking dumbest thing." <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. But it only cost a hundred thousand dollars. But anyway, so uh. let's not talk about your failures. Let's talk about your success. Uh. So so. <laughs> Oh, it just makes me hurt and scared now. But anyways, we we uh, we've <laughs> we've done a lot, <laughs> and that's but the, what, yeah, because because the difference is instead of instead of being able to charge twelve ninety eight for a CD a CD, we yeah. could charge fifteen ninety eight for a CD DVD combo. <laughs> that was the difference. Uh, but uh, 
That was a good, that was actually a great. That was probably one of my. I mean, people have always told me that that's my funniest CD. Yeah, it's a they, great record. They love that record. That's a great record. The yeah. the recording was fucking outrageous. Yeah, and we had to record it twice, if I remember correctly, right? We recorded it in Miami. Right. And it sucked. Right. Then we did it in Boston. Right. And we got it. It was a fucking home run. Yeah, that show was sold out. People were sold going crazy. out. Four hundred people, two shows, recorded it, and it was fucking. You got you got your guys to record it. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't my guy. <laughs> it cost thirty million. So, but uh, well, all right. Listen, man. I, I mean, it, it's most of the time I do these one-on-ones with people who are comics, and it's that side of the business. But people don't understand. There's a lot of people behind the scenes making us uh, available to the public. Without being available to the public, we're done. We're just these underground whatever comics. That CD, being on the Comedy Central label, being available in stores, being available for digital download, all those things put me uh, in the public eye to, you know, get me available, and and it put me out there, like all these other guys that you did. You were a huge part of comedy in the two thousands. I mean, in comedy boom, Comedy Central and that record label was uh, instrumental. And and to think it's a guy who Thanks, on a, on on lies. And desperation. Uh, just pure deception. <laughs> deception. Thank you, Holly Lim, if you're out there. Deceptions actually made that happen. And that that's fucking epic. That, Thanks, man. You know, Thanks, man. Dang, it was a fun ride. It was yeah. a fun ride. And that, But you're still on it. Yeah. You're, you're still yeah, yeah. on it. And so. I, just, I, I love comedy. I want, I want comics to be successful because there's so much talent. There's so much good stuff out there. And right. Comedy's a great medium. It yeah. makes people happy. And if we can make the comics famous and make people happy, what better... What better out? Yeah, and if you can there. fucking make enough money to rent a boat. Oh, yeah. You should see this boat <laughs> that I kind of maybe destroyed a little bit by backing too hard into the dock on our last day. Yeah. The, 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 apparently all the, all the dishes fell off the shelves. Yeah. They thought, uh, they thought we were going to die yeah. down the galley. Well, you, had a, you have a thing that when <laughs> the guy said, just go slow, go slow. But you have a thing that when, it's, when you're in danger, <laughs> you go fast. <laughs> You almost ripped me off the dock. I was holding on to oh, the rope. Oh, that was intentional. I'm holding on to the rope, oh, and the- all I hear is, <laughs> and I had to let go of the rope. And then I screamed your name, and you looked at me. You like, what? <laughs> I don't know, Jack. Oh, there was a time when you were standing with no hands on the side of the boat, and just a light push with two fingers on the forehead would have sent you off and if you had one funny bone in your body you would have done it i know this is why i'm industry that's why you're on that side i would have been in the water all right jack well listen uh if uh you uh listen to raw dog or any of the comedy stations this is one of the new guys who's making the changes over there making it uh for the better uh, uh for comedians and putting a lot more comics on there, and, and and the shows you're putting on too. I mean, you got all these great shows that are coming on the network, that are yeah. coming on Sirius. Um, and it's funny too. Yeah, it's good stuff. I was telling my wife. I told Jack, I go, when are you going to give me a show? And I go, Jack went, uh, when you give me something that's good. And I was like, touche. That's a valid fucking point. <laughs> and just mean, too. I regret saying that. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, you do? <laughs> mean's funny. I mean, it did hurt a little bit. And I have a son. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, say it in front of him. 
right, listen, man. If you hear somebody giggle in the background, too, this is Ian that has been sitting there very patiently and quietly, who's on a whole nother side of the industry uh, for actors and uh, some comedians who's, a, who's, an, who's an agent. Um, that's like a whole other thing. Yeah. I w if I come to LA, I would like to actually interview you on yeah. being an agent. I, I'm sure it won't be as nice. <laughs> agents, <laughs> agents have different stories about talent. They're not, they're not Guatemala stories. Yeah, no, 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 they're, they're, no. no, he's a different stories. He's a he's a. <laughs> He's a whole other story, but it's a whole crew of, of guys that you work with that, um, the, the one thing that I learned about you, and I'll say this real quick before we wrap up, is that I've learned uh, through you and uh, Brian Volkweiss and, and, and Ian and people that I know, you can never judge a book by its cover. You can't look at somebody and assume what they are because most people surprise you with how much, uh, just how fucking uh, amazing their lives are and how much they know and where they go. I would have never put you, uh, all the crazy things you do and all the places you go and the fearless stuff that you've done just outside of the comedy world, uh, which I think is where comedy comes from. I think where creativity comes from is that if you can go to other countries and meet other people and travel the world and, and and, and, and do things that you're afraid of that are a little scary or whatever the fuck, and, but also get other people to do it too. Like, get me to go to a fucking island with a man, baby, adult head boy. Oh, we need to go back. <laughs> in a Misogati. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that has made me a fucking... I, I always tell people, do it. If you're afraid of it, do it. Just go. Yeah. Just, I was scared of this boat trip, to be honest with you. When you're like, yeah, we're going to drive a boat. We're all going to drive it. I'm like, fuck me. And how are we going to drive a fucking boat? It was That's, pretty scary the first day, I got to say. It was petrified. <laughs> we're, going, we're going through locks like we're, we've gave, been traveling the canals for years. They like, gave us a three and a half minute demonstration on how to steer the boat and they basically did everything yeah and they're like have yeah. at it here's yeah. how you do the locks here's some phone numbers for the lock keeper yeah, yeah. what yeah like you assume that we got the data plan that yeah. we can make phone calls yeah they didn't even give us a walkie-talkie there were a lot of assumptions that they made that they absolutely yeah. should not like have what made. if we didn't have a phone what if we didn't pay they, the ten dollars for data fees they let us loose with a 14 ton boat yeah with yeah. almost no instruction yeah and, and yeah, and they always, and a two hundred and fifty euro yeah. deposit. Yeah, and yet it worked for them. You returned the boat. Everything was yeah, fine. I, I guess barely. When a guy with a few with a few teeth goes, "Here's the keys," I'm <laughs> like, "All right, yeah, have at it." All right. Well, listen, Jack Vaughn. Thanks so much for having me on, Bobby. Dude, uh, thank you so much. Make sure you listen to uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, Raw Dog, uh, or the all the channels, all the comedy channels, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're the best, buddy. Thanks you're the for, best, man. Thanks you're for the best. Me. Thanks for Stop uh, it. thanks for being. You're, all right, I'm I'm better. I'm good. Yeah. All right, I'll talk <laughs> to you later. That's a 101. You know what, dude? With the great Jack Vaughn. See you, everybody. You've been listening to the YKWd podcast. Thanks for listening. Now go back to your shitty jobs. Shitty jobs. Check out riotcast.com for all of the best podcasts on the internet. And they're all free.